This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up? Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Sterling Holmes. No Matt Connor, because he's out there in Germany crushing some beers right now. We're in Lederhosen, but I am joined by the sexy sidekick, he told me to put that. Patrick Allen. Patrick, how you doing, my man? You're muted, Patrick. Come on. Patrick. Rookie move. Rookie wow. move. I'm no Matt Connor. I'm no Matt Connor. Wow. Man. You know, I wanted to I wanted to make sure we had a nice clean intro for you. No, no background noise on my end. <laughs> muted myself. No, listen, man. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Doing battle on Twitter with a Chargers troll. That's always fun. Mm. Uh got guy who thinks that the MVS. Uh, signing is a terrible signing. Thinks that the contract that MVS got is is exactly you know ten million dollars a year. Doesn't mm. understand how contracts work. Backpedaling like crazy. That's fun. <laughs> Just a little bit of you know a little bit of a little bit of troll troll battle today. But uh, what about you, man? I heard you were doing some golfing recently. I golfed. Uh, my lips are chapped to shit. They got somewhat sunburnt, windburnt, but I'm here, baby. Got some yeah. Carmex. I'm powering through. Got a new dryer because I'm an old man and I'm <laughs> thoroughly excited about my new dryer. Yeah. It has steam settings on it. It has all these different fancy things. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm old as shit, dude. I'm basically 72. That, that's what happens when you get old. You get all this weird. So when we before we bought this house, we put an offer in on another house that was actually accepted. It didn't go end up working out, but like they had the the dopest washer and dryer setup. It had one like this. It had like a it had like a like a tray on top, like like uh you, you remember like scanners, you know, like oh, you would sure. scan something. It was sure. like that, and it was like it steamed or did something. I was so excited for it, and when we lost the house, I think I was the most bummed about the fact that we we didn't get the washer and dryer i've joked often that <laughs> buying i that i bought i bought a washer and dryer and it came with a house that was pretty uh, much the entire motivation for for buying a house all you fucking youngsters out there get ready this is what your life will become we're gonna talk some some mark donovan we're gonna talk some some chiefs wide receiver room including mvs a lot of chief stuff to get to before we get to that i do want to give a shout out KC Beer Company. I am drinking the Baltic Porter. I'm also rocking the KC Beer Co. Polo. Obviously, Patrick's got the the shirt and the hoodie on. KC Beer Company, four ingredients. Malt, hops, water, yeast. You've heard us talk about it before. We'll talk about it again. It's true. It's fucking awesome. Literally, Matt Connor is in Germany drinking German beer right now, and guess what? It might not even be as good as Casey Beer Company because Casey Beer Company has won awards in Germany. in Germany. That is how good it is. If you haven't tried it yet, try it. We appreciate all of you people who tweet out pictures and, and, and tag us in the Casey Beer Company on, on, on Twitter. We, we absolutely love that. That's huge to us. Helps keep the partnership together, so we appreciate it. Casey Beer Company, grab some. Cheers to you. Let's start with Mark Donovan. I yeah, think some of today. his yeah his his words I think got taken out of context here. Uh, Kevin Clark tweeted this: Chiefs President Mark Donovan, when asked this morning about potential new stadium options, said the team has considered options in the state of Kansas. They like Arrowhead and the legacy of Lamar Hunt Stadium, but have been pitched by Kansas developers on a bunch of options. First, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'll start with you though, Patrick. What what are your thoughts when you heard this? 
Look, I mean, first of all, I, I understand the reaction from the fan base. There's a lot of a lot of devotion and love for Arrowhead. It's and for me, I mean, as a Chiefs fan that's not from Kansas City, I, that's like going to heaven. That's closest thing to going to heaven for me is going out to Kansas City. I feel like I'm going home in the parking lot at Arrowhead Stadium. I think it's one of the coolest, most unique stadiums in the NFL by a mile. So I can understand the, the reaction from fans. But the business aspect of this, right, for one, Mark Donovan and the front office, like they have a responsibility to do what they think is best for the for the Chiefs business. Now, that could conflict with what the fans want sometimes. And sometimes what the fans want could counteract a move like that. Um, but, you know, there's a business element to it. So they've got to listen to all those offers. And there's probably a little bit of politicking going on. Well, look, when these stadium deals get done, you all remember when the Chiefs, uh, uh, when, when the taxpayers funded the recent renovations on Arrowhead Stadium, which I think was in the last 10 years, you know, the, the taxpayers are ponying up for that. And the Chiefs got awarded a Super Bowl, but the taxpayers didn't vote for the roof. Remember, there was going to be like a retractable roof and they didn't get the roof and NFL didn't want to do cold weather Super Bowl. So Kansas City lost it. There's a politicking that goes on. And I'm not I'm not I don't want to speak for Mark Donovan or what he exactly his angle was when he mentioned this, but he's putting something out there. It doesn't mean anything's going to happen, but it may be doing him some favors when it comes time to finance renovations. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. At the end of the day, these owners have never made more money than they currently are. Just full transparency. I think it's a little bit bullshit that they're out here asking for taxpayer dollars. There's been studies, multiple peer independent reviewed studies that show they don't really help the economy as much as one would think. The owners are the ones really raking it in while the taxpayers are stuck here paying for all the the promise, the hope, all of this stuff. So that that's where I'm going to start here. And also it's a case of they have Missouri by the balls. St. Louis Rams, Stan Kroenke, big middle finger just goes, I'm leaving. We're going to L.A. As a KC guy, as a Missouri guy, I went to Mizzou. It'd be like me talking about how much I would like KU and hyping up KU. So just throwing this out here before I get into this. St. Louis got boned. As a, as a Kansas City guy, I feel so bad for St. Louis losing the Rams. But Donovan and the Chiefs know they're not going to let two teams leave Missouri in a span of 10 years. That's not going to happen. This, to me, was a case of we're going to look at all the options. All options are open. I don't think they move. If you live here in Kansas City, the Royals almost guaranteed are going to downtown. I don't like it. I like where, I like where they're at personally. Uh, maybe I'm old. I think it's easy to get to, to the stadium. There's nothing around it. Parking's easy. You can tailgate. It's fun. They're probably going to move to downtown. John Sherman, the, the owner of the Royals, made that pretty clear. My takeaway here is they're going to move downtown. They're going to tear down Kaufman. Then they're going to build a new arrowhead where they're currently at. They'll probably have a retractable roof because I think Kansas City is going to want to host a Super Bowl at some point. Who pays for that remains to be seen. But I think this is just a step in the first direction of saying, taxpayers, you're probably going to have to pony up some extra money or else we're going to have this threat, which I think is not a real threat, going to happen. That's I think that's a really good point. The fact that it seems likely that the Royals are going to move downtown. Now all this land opens up and look like for the Chiefs to make more money or to get a Super Bowl. I was just at the Super Bowl in Los Angeles with this beautiful new facility. And, you know, it wasn't much for, for for tailgating. Right. But it was basically like a park all around this. And it was nowhere near downtown. You know, he was in, a, uh, in traffic for 45 minutes to get down there. 
I think I agree with you. I think that the Chiefs wanted that Super Bowl and they it had to suck that they didn't get it. And now they want a chance at, at a Super Bowl maybe. And and if they can build a new stadium, um, I, I, I'd say just keep renovating the old one. I mean, it's yes. it's such a classic stadium. It's in, I think it's in totally fine shape whenever I go there. I'm not like, this place is a dump. Is it one of these monstrosities? I don't like it was a very nice stadium in LA, but it didn't feel like it's like Jerry world. I've been to Jerry world too. I've been down on the field, these giant video boards. And like, you can't even see the other side of the stadium because there's these huge, I just, I want, I want to go to Arrowhead. I want football shaped fucking, you know, video boards on either side. If I want to watch a replay, I want to see the fans <laughs> losing their shit across the stadium. Yeah. I want to be able to see everything. I don't want to feel like I'm like, something's going to fall on my head and, and kill me. And I, you know, the, the, the advantage that Arrowhead has with the noise and the way that it's built up on the upper deck with it's so steep, you feel like mm. you take one, one false step, you're going all the way down. <laughs> you're going to be on the 50 yard line. It's great. It's a great stadium. So, you know, if they want to build more around it and make it a whole facility, fine. But I say keep the regular arrowhead the way it is. If you want to put a roof over there, I guess I could be talked into that just so I can go to a Super Bowl in Kansas City. All I want is to bring back the troughs. I'm tired of waiting in, in line to piss. That's all I care about. Bring <laughs> the back troughs. the troughs. You, you that, know, that's what that's what Arrowhead is really missing right now. They so they have those at, at Wrigley Field because um, I live in Chicago. So I used to live right around the corner from Wrigley. We go there all the time. The, the troughs are the most like uh, 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 the most uncomfortable thing because the ones that they had they used to have at Wrigley is they'd have that like U shaped trough. So it's mm. not just like you go up <laughs> and you're facing you're facing the wall. It like there's like a half wall, but you can see over it. And it would go in a it would go in a circle. And so basically, you know, like you, you, you when you go to the urinal, you stare straight ahead at the wall, right? You're respectful to everybody. You're not looking around. You, you go, you do your thing. You stare. Everybody stares at the wall. You talk, whatever, you know, about the game, and then you go. At Wrigley Field with those U-shaped urinals that they had, you go in there, and there's this half wall, and there's nowhere to look, right? Because there's a guy <laughs> right across from you, and so it's like you don't want to look left, you don't want to look right, you don't want to keep those guys up. Literally, the only place for you to look is just to stare into the soul of the guy across from you who's also standing there doing his business. It's the most awkward thing. Never get used to it. Hilarious, though. I'm just like, Mm. like, is there like a space like right here I can look at? Like, we're not just looking (laughs) at each other while we do this. Because, like, who wants to stare at another person's face while they're taking a whiz? Did did, did you guys come for Chiefs football talk? Because... No, we're uh, talking urinals. We're talking here. Okay. That's all we're talking. No, again, I don't think Arrowhead is going anywhere. I think they keep it in KC Mo. They're going to keep it in Kansas City. I think most likely, in my opinion, they, they stay where they're at and either they renovate the current Arrowhead and potentially build a dome, potentially build a retractable roof, or whenever Kaufman decides to go downtown, they take that spot, tear this down, build a practice facility. I don't think we're going to see... Uh, a power and light district. I know a lot of other cities have a PL sort of thing right next to it. There's nothing else around necessarily where the stadiums are at. They like the parking. The parking is a big deal. Tailgating is a big deal. Um, I, I just don't see them building some sort of bar district right next to it. There's only 16 or eight home games right? That's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they could make things a little bit easier as far as like transportation, getting into the stadium, things like everyone's using Ubers now. That's one thing you don't want, right? Is you don't want people getting hammered and then trying to drive out of there, even though we know that it happens. 
if you can minimize that. So maybe you could do a better pickup spot, make things flow a little bit better from a traffic perspective. And you put a little, you know, put a little bar or a little, a little stage off to the side, something like that for some extra fun events to make a day out of it. Bus lanes, you know, all that stuff. But somebody was asking in the chat, like, are they going to do it? Would they do a dome? Caleb's asking like a dome. They, I, I believe that if you could still find the plans for what they wanted to do to Arrowhead, like I think they would like essentially build like a thing around it, like a, a metal structure around it with like glass. And then, the, you know, the roof could kind of come like up and over or something like that. SoFi is kind of open air. Like it, it's basically got a cage around it, but like it's it's par- partially outside. There's airflow. And also shout out to Samuel. Uh, I agree. The history of Arrowhead is extremely cool. If you look that up, it's phenomenal. Uh, I don't know where that article was. I read it a few weeks ago. Very cool. So, Samuel, I'm glad you saw that, too. And I do want to get into the Chiefs wide receiver room. Obviously, a lot of talk. Terry Kill going to Miami. Yeah. At this point, sunk cost. Get over it. There's, there's no bringing him back unless the Chiefs decide, you know what, you want to pay the highest paid wide receiver? Miami, seventh rounder. We'll take him off your hands. Uh, sure. But MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman, Chiefs got three guys right now. They're obviously going to supplement in the draft. Uh, we all expect a first-round, second-round draft pick taken on a wide out there. But there's also some trade opportunities. There's still OBJ if you're trying to get a guy maybe halfway through the season coming off of injury. What would you do, Patrick? Are you on board with the trade for DK? Are you a, you know what? They traded away Tyreek. They're trying to get younger and cheaper. Stick with that plan and only supplement through the draft. What are your thoughts? No, because I, I, look, if they can find somebody in the draft, that's great, right? But And we have seen recently like with guys like Jamar Chase, rookie wide receivers making an impact right away in the NFL. But we've been watching the draft for a long time. We've been watching rookie. We watched John Baldwin come through Kansas City drafted at the end of the first round. Right. And the guy that we're talking about, DK Metcalf, was taken in the second round. It can be a little bit of a crapshoot with the, with the wide receiver position. We know that. Same thing with the running back position. That's why necessarily you don't take a running back in the, in the first round. Ever. Uh, aside from the injury stuff. Right. I think that I am on the DK Metcalf train. And I'll tell you why. I've seen people saying like, oh, well, you know, why would you trade for DK Metcalf? Why wouldn't you just pay Tyreek Hill? Well, one, one thing, DK Metcalf is four years younger than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's 28. Right. So is, is DK Metcalf better than Tyreek Hill? No. Is his future better than Tyreek Hill's? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Tyreek Hill is a speed guy. And I think that once that speed goes, he doesn't really have the size. He's an incredible athlete. But that's his edge, right? Is he's faster than everybody else. He's more athletic than everybody else. As he approaches 30, that's going to diminish. This is just a fact of life. Take it from me. I'm 38. Um, I can barely get, like, if I get down on the floor, I need help getting back up. So, with a, and DK Metcalf would be cheaper. Would he be is you know very mm. cheap? No, he's but he's not going to cost as much as Tyreek Hill, especially if they trade for him now and they extend him based on he's had one season over a thousand yards in his career, but he's an absolute monster. Patrick Mahomes has never had a receiver like that, and I, and I talked about this on Saturday when I did a surprise podcast. If you I, I'm calling the Chiefs wide receivers the monsters because all of a the sudden they've gotten really big at receiver which is something that they had uh, with, with the exception of Nicole Hardman, everybody's six, one or above. So like Juju, uh, even, even the guys that we, we know will contribute, but we don't know how much like fountain. He, uh, uh, and of course, uh, Fortson is a monster, former tight end. It's like six, six. So I think there's some interesting things happening and DK Metcalf would fit right into that group. So 
Should they take a wide receiver in the first round? I'm all for it. I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan. I love Chris Olave. I love Garrett Wilson. I, I think those guys are going to be great pros. But I know that the Chiefs have a Super Bowl window right now. And I don't want to mm. necessarily wait for two years for those guys to come along if they don't hit the ground running. DK Metcalf's ready to con- contribute to a championship contender right now. He's worth the cost. Uh, DK Metcalf also complains like none other. DK Metcalf also, I think, was a detriment at times to Seattle. That dude, if he was not getting the ball, he was complaining. The next thing he did, Russell wasn't through a pick six because he was trying to force feed DK Metcalf. No, thank you. I do not want to pay 25 plus million dollars a season at a minimum for DK Metcalf. It's not worth the headache. Just because he complains a little bit? It's not a little bit. It's, it's a dude who, it's me, 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 me. We do not want that. I would prefer A.J. Brown, Scary Terry, Scary Sarah well, McLaughlin, scary McLaurin. <laughs> his last name, I used to, McLaughlin, McLaurin. Uh, but my, my, my main takeaway here is the Chiefs, to me, have a plan. They want to get younger. They want to get more athletic. They want to get, uh, want to get cheaper. That's through the draft. I would be okay if they, if they got another veteran, but not a twenty-plus million dollar a season wide receiver, right? I'm okay with uh, with an OBJ. I'm okay with maybe trading for Brandon Cooks and seeing what that contract would look like. But I don't want to. You got out of the Tyreek Hill contract, right? You're not paying him. It's not thirty million a season because if you break down the contract, it's like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, right? But I don't want another twenty-plus million dollar wide receiver. You're you're getting younger, more athletic for a reason. You're trying to be more balanced. I know you said the Chiefs have a window. Well, they're always going to have a window when you have Patrick Mahomes. What did the Patriots do? Every three to four years, they retooled, they rebuilt. Every three to four seasons, that was a window. Next three to four, that was a window. That's how they did it. I think the Chiefs are taking a little bit of a page from them saying, Tyreek, we can't afford to make you the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL and expect to build a complete team around you. The Chiefs have holes. It didn't take a a rocket scientist to see that last season, right? They had holes. You're going to have to supplement that somewhere else. And I think this is the way they do it. They get cheaper there. They do it in the draft. They're going to have to extend Orlando Brown Jr., right? They need someone to play cornerback. I know there's James Bradbury, um, Gilmore. There's guys, but you have holes. Having a great wide receiver is great, but if you get burnt every single time on defense, if you have no one else, that's an issue. I will say, though, that they – Yes, I think they want to get cap flexibility and they wanted to get picks and they do want to get younger. But they did offer Tyree Kill a really strong contract. They were going to make him one of the highest paid wide receivers. So if they had a limit that they were willing to spend based on, you know, the money, the cap space and other factors, right? They, they had yeah. other factors in there like his age. So whether it's DK Metcalf or it's one of these other guys, though I worry about OBJ with the, with the injuries that he's had and, and his longevity going forward – but I think we agree they need they need a receiver. And the question is, Correct. can can they go get somebody in the draft that can contribute right away? I think I think they probably can. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got the quarterback to distribute the ball. And I think they're confident in that. But there was a report today from Diana Rossini that they're calling the teams and and they're trying to bring in a top tier wide receiver. They've certainly got the trade trips chips to do it. So I think they have enough trade chips now because of the Tyreek Hill deal that maybe you've got two first round picks. So what if you 
trade one of those. You keep them. No, Patrick, you, you keep them. You want picks are there you, to acquire players. Edge. No, no, no. You need an edge guy who's controllable and who can build in the system. You've been horrendous at this. Do you want to give Frank Clark a hundred mil again? Do you want the Chiefs to try and get aging edge guys, overpay them to oh, come no. here? No, but they you have can. to build. No. They don't have to There's get rid of edge all guys their out picks. there right now. Have you they don't seen have to trade end? all of their picks to get a, a wide receiver. They, they I'm not have saying so all of the picks. Right. I'm not well, saying all of the picks. Why can't why? they trade some for a receiver and then trade and then because and wide receivers the easier to find a useful guy than it is to find a solid edge. How many great wide receivers are out there that have an immediate impact? T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin. There's so many wide receivers that come in and have an impact. How many edge guys? You got you got to find a way to get those guys. Edge to me is the position that Chiefs have to focus on and have to hit on. Everyone keeps focusing on wide receiver, and I get it because there is a hole, there is a need. But trading draft picks to get a wide receiver, uh, a proven dude, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you trust Patrick to make guys better. You have to you have to surround guys like Baker Mayfield with all these dudes to to win games. Yeah, yeah. I I want to ask you. You have to trust. I, I do trust Mahomes, and I think they're fine at receiver right now. I, I would feel happy and confident if they got, you know, I don't know if Chris Olave is going to be there, but if they maybe if they moved up a little bit, you know, into the 20s to snag him or something like that, I would feel good about the Chiefs wide receiver core heading into the season. I feel like they could score points. And I want to ask you, because I've, I've I floated this to Verderam, and he didn't like it because he, he just wants to keep all the picks too. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about taking those two first-rounders? and trying to turn them into an elite, one of the elite pass rushers in this draft. So taking the two first rounders, maybe you got to use something else and moving wet and going and getting your guy. Cause the chiefs don't have like, they've, they've, they haven't had for a long time, like a, like that miles Garrett type of player, Joey Bosa type of player who wreaks havoc, who can single-handedly destroy drives. And if, as you mentioned, edge is a huge need for them. If you went and got somebody like that with this draft capital, put it on the defensive side of the ball because you got Mahomes, because you got Andy Reid, because you know you can still score 25 points, 30 points a game. Do you like that move? Or do you just do you want depth across the board, not a top-tier guy, but an okay guy at, at receiver, at edge, at corner? I want depth. I don't want the Chiefs to – and the reason why, it's, I like Brett Veach a lot. Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job. Where is the one position – if you could pick it, one position where he has to struggle to draft – it's edge. edge. Yeah. He's really struggled to identify talent at edge. Give me the, the dart throws. Give me extra darts, right? Give me the depth. Trying to nail a guy like that, like Tyson Jackson, can't miss prospect. Glenn Dorsey, can't miss prospect. Oh, it happens. Oh, I mean, Tyson look at the Jackson. Raiders. But, but even the Raiders, they've drafted guys early on. They've not hit at it. Um, you know, pass rushers. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It's difficult. Obviously, you have a better chance of hitting on guys the earlier on in the draft, the early it is. You know, if you want some of the big name guys as possible, but every single draft, late first rounders, second rounders, third rounders, I think that's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. I do not want to see the Chiefs trade away those top 100 draft picks. I think they really need to keep them. They need to, they have a strategy. You trade away Tyree Kill, you don't bring back Tyron Matthew. You let Traverius Ward go because you can't match the $14 million per season. They have a strategy in place. They brought in, you know, Justin Reed. They're trying to get younger, more athletic. They're trying yeah. to get more cost control. They have a plan in place. This year, correct. 
they're probably aren't going to be as good as they were last year. Right. That's I'm not denying that. Right now they're not. But, yeah. I mean, right now they're not. But guess where their Super Bowl odds are after everything that's gone on? After all the trades in the AFC, after the AFC West has become a bloodbath, what are their Super Bowl odds? Three? Third. They're third. So while we're here freaking out saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know what Vegas is saying? They're a top three team to win the Super Bowl. It's because they got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I saw in the chat, Jaden, shoot me a message on Twitter, man. My DMs are open. Um, Love to hear about your business and appreciate the kind words about the podcast. Yeah, we let Sterling and I are good at going at it. We've duked it out a number of times on this podcast. That's uh, uh, good TV. And uh, of course, if you guys are, if you like this podcast and you're more interested in in becoming more involved, check out the description of the podcast on YouTube. Uh, We do have a, like a membership program. There's a private discord. We hang out with everybody, uh, shoot the shit, um, talk football, we do happy hours. We had one just like a couple of weeks ago. Got another one coming up next month uh, where everybody hops on the Discord and we got our videos on and we just talk, meet everybody, drink beer, uh, Casey beer, and uh, have a good time. So if you're interested in that, hit us up. Oh, yeah. Hit me up too, Jane. At home stretch KC. I'll tell you the jersey. Yeah. We'll have some fun with it. Yeah. Love it. All right. So are Chiefs fans to an extent overreacting with what has happened and transpired this, this offseason? Cause I have some thoughts on this. I think mm. there's a very measured take you can go with, but when I saw that Chiefs are still third, you know, favorite in Vegas to win the Super Bowl, I, I, at some point you kind of have to pump the brakes and say, all right, we've seen what's transpired. We've lost some of the, the pillar stones of this Kansas city chiefs team, yeah. but they're not out here to lose money. How often have you seen, I mean, Vegas can be wrong, but they're not in the business of losing money. They, they typically know they have a pulse on what's going on. What, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. You know, look, I, I didn't like the Tyreek Hill deal when it happened. There was some reasons for that. We were live. I thought that the chiefs had a chance at the jets top 10 picks in that deal. Um, so that was a big part, part of the reason why I hated the trade. I still don't love it, but I understand why they did it. And I'm excited about the possibilities that these trades present. Um, your, your comments about Vegas are dead on. And I think what that tells us is the one thing that Vegas knows is that this is a quarterback league. So they're looking at history and they're trying to predict the future. What do they know? They know this was a perennial playoff team with Alex Smith at quarterback, not the best roster, and Andy Reid as the head coach. They know that this team still managed to score points with Alex Smith, a limited but talented quarterback at the helm. Now they've looked at what Patrick Mahomes has done. They looked at what Patrick Mahomes did in his very first year starting where he won the MVP and the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So Vegas isn't panicking because Vegas knows that Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And he's probably the best quarterback in the league right now. That is why the Chiefs are still favored. They're, they're, they're banking on the quarterback and they're banking on the head coach. And I think we should be doing that as Chiefs fans as well. There is absolutely no reason. The team went 2-14 and 14 before Andy Reid got here. And the next season won, geez, how many games did they win? 12-13 in his first season? Uh, his worst season in Kansas City was 9-7. and seven. So the Chiefs are in good hands, and they have the quarterback that we've all always dreamed of. And when he signed that 10-year contract, I think we all needed to realize he's here for the long haul, and there are going to be eras like we're in the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era, but there are going to be many eras, right? There was the Randy Moss era in New England and the West Welker See? era. You're coming on the three to four year eras. Era. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be the same group. You know, a lot of people from the, a lot of players from the Super Bowl team are gone. 
Um, but they were in the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago in the AFC Championship game last year. So as long as they got Patrick Mahomes, they got a chance. They're well – Brett Veach is an excellent GM, great coaching staff. Uh, the training staff is tremendous. So the Chiefs are a first-class organization, and they're going to be a problem for the rest of the NFL for years to come. This is going to sound weird. You don't have to be the best team every single year, but you have to be a team that gives yourself a chance to win the Super Bowl every single year. You can't be the Jags. You can't be the Jets. But when the Patriots, when they were winning, were they the best team every single year? Were the Giants the best team the year they won the Super Bowl? Were the Bengals the best team in the AFC last year? I know they lost the Super Bowl, but they were in it. Yeah. I don't think outside of Cincinnati, anyone's out here saying the Bengals were the best team in the AFC last year. You have to give yourself a chance over an extended period of time. Right. I think we always like to think the best team always wins, but that's not true. In any sport, it's not true. I'm a yeah. massive Royals fan. The Royals, in my opinion, were not the best team in 2015, but they won, no. the, they won the World Series. So the Chiefs just have to give themselves a good chance to win a Super Bowl over an extended period of time. And again, that's why I think the Tyreek Hill move made sense. To me, it showed that Brett, Brett Veach had a lot of restraint. We've seen Brett Veach be yeah. aggressive, right? But yeah. the fact that he had a number, he had a number in place and said, we are not going over that number. That takes stones. That takes yeah. restraint. That takes knowing the fan base is going to be pissed off, at least for a little bit. Yeah. He knew, I love to he see knew how we'd react to, to trading Tyreek Hill when he's 28 years old after an AFC championship appearance. Like he knew. And he's he's got to look. Look, he's I'll, – I'll say this. If he pulls it off – Right. Like if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl in the next three years, we're going to look back at that Tyreek Hill trade and be like, wow, man, Brett Veach. He, he goes from really good GM to, to legendary GM, I think. If he can if he can take what he's done with the Tyreek Hill trade, take these picks, turn them into a bunch of contributing players, maybe some stars, and they win another Super Bowl. Because like if they're winning a Super Bowl and Tyreek Hill's 30 and, you know, he's lost a step like we're going to be looking back and being like, man, thank goodness we didn't sign Tyreek Hill to a four-year deal. Um, we just won another Super Bowl. So I agree with you there. I do want to hit a couple questions really quickly. Uh, first, Odello, thank you for the super chat. That's Appreciate very, you. very nice of you. Jamison Williams in round one, a cornerback if we don't trade up to get him. And David Ajobo in the second round. Sure, I'm in. They're going to pull my arm if you don't have to trade up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do The one thing with Brett Veach, two things I know. He doesn't like to give old guys big contracts, right? He usually gives the big contracts to guys in their mid-20s. And the other thing is the cornerback position, he's not traditionally thrown a crap ton of money at. Um, I think he's willing to pay for a leadership guy like when he brought in Tyron Matthew, trying to get some pillars or some some grounding guys for, for one side of the ball or the other. But I don't know. I don't know if he'll take a because uh, like he's trying to trade for Bradbury, right? We know that that's been reported that the Chiefs are still talking and that they're interested in Stephon Gilmore. So that's kind of interesting to me. I think it's possible that his past actions tell us that he views cornerback as a position where you can you can swap guys in and out, and that you just need good solid guys that you can count on back there, and you don't necessarily need a star like you need a star, maybe an edge rusher or somebody who can really cause havoc. Well, that's what I was going to say. To me, that that's fine, but only if you get a lot of pressure. If you get pressure, you don't need the best cornerbacks. Right. But if you don't get pressure, good luck. Uh, yep. A couple more things I saw that I really wanted to touch on. 
What do we think of the move uh, for Ronald Jones, the second coming to KC? Thank you, Jeremy, for that one. Um, it's fine. I really hope it actually doesn't take away from Clyde because I think Clyde is poised for his breakout season. Yeah. I think Ronald Jones, is he's 24 years old. He's shown glimpses in the past. He's averaged 4.5 yards per carry for his career, 4.2 yards per carry last season. Um, he has seven fumbles in his career, four in the regular season, three in the playoffs is what I think I, I, I saw. He's a first and second down guy. He only had 10 receptions last season, so he's not going to be a third down back. If this signals that Clyde is going to be used more on third down, then I'm fine. Because I think Clyde's best attribute is his pass catching. That's what we saw in college, and we all expected it to translate to the NFL. We have not seen that yet. Um, you need depth at running back. I think Ronald Jones provides that. So I guess on a large scale, I'm cool with Ronald Jones. Patrick? Yeah, I talked with, I talked about Ronald Jones on Saturday when I hopped on. And I he did have a season, I think, where he had about 500 receiving yards. But I, I read some message boards and some things from Bucks fans. And the, the line on him seemed to be he doesn't really have great hands. And he's not good in pass blocking situations. And so the, the Bucks moved away from that. When, well, of course, when they got Brady in there as well, right? It's one thing when you got Jameis Winston back there having a, a running back who can't block very well. But when you got, you know, the tin man standing back there, you don't want uh, a guy in there that can't block. So he fell out of favor. But everybody seemed to agree they liked him as a runner. And I saw this tweet on Saturday, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it, is that uh, I forget who tweeted it, but they, they thought that there might be a little bit of a, a mentality change, a strategy change on the Chiefs offense. And that... We're looking at things like bringing in a guy like Ronald Jones. I know we said on the podcast, Verderam's fond of saying, Andy's never going to run the ball. Not going to do it. Um, even though he's getting three-man boxes and, and he can just eat teams alive underneath. But with the bigger receivers that they're bringing in, a physical guy like Juju Smith-Schuster who can work underneath, who can block. MVS is also known to be a very good blocker at receiver. Yeah. Are we finally going to see... Andy Reid, I'm not saying they're going to come out and be the Cleveland Browns and run a ton of play action and run the ball 40 times a game. But are we going to see Andy Reid? Is he pissed off? Is he fed up after last year? And he's like, fine. We have this great offensive line. I think Dan Orlovsky thinks this too. The Chiefs have this incredible offensive line with Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. Those guys are nasty, man. They can, you know, uh, Jeff Schwartz, a friend of the show, uh, former Chief, loves these guys, thinks they're nasty, wants to see them run blocks more. Are we going to see a mentality shift with the Chiefs and Andy Reid come out and be like, all right, fine. You you don't want us taking the top off your defense. We're just going to eat you alive all day long with short passes, run after the catch, and running backs. I'll believe it when I see it. It sounds good <laughs> on paper, right? Like It does. It does. sounds like, great. It, and I'm a very analytically driven person. I think the the best way to win ball games typically is to pass the ball. You have Patrick fucking Mahomes. For the, for the most part, I want the ball in his hands. But situations, you need to run the ball. You know, in the Bengals game in the playoffs, they needed to run the ball. They got away from it. They got too pass happy. That's a thing. Right. It's, it's possible to have one viewpoint and also say, at times, that can be wrong. That's where, where I'm at. This gives them the ability to run the ball more. Do they do it? I, I Again, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I did see one thing right here. My thoughts on Max Borgie, the guy from, I think, WSU, the running back in the late round. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't want to pretend like I know enough about him. Uh, I would take Tyler Beatty if he fell, the Mizzou running back in the, in the late round. He's a very good third down back, hell of a pass catcher. Um, for sure, take him. 
but I, I don't want to lie and say I know a ton about him. What are your concerns, Patrick, with Mahomes, if you have any at all? The first few games of last season were a struggle. There's no denying that. Then yeah. he turned into the Patrick we all knew and love. He then decided to have a meltdown, which we have never seen in that second half of the playoff game. Yeah. Are you concerned at all that there's maybe a a case of the yips, a case of he might be in his own dome? Are you saying it's a new season? I'm not worried. He's Patrick Mahomes. He'll be fine. I, I think, um, look, I think part of growth, whether you're an athlete or just a human being, is is failing and, and meeting conflict. It's it's how you get better. You don't get better by lifting, right? Like if you're lifting weights, you don't you don't get bigger muscles by lifting the same way over and over and over again. You might get more toned, but you're not going to add on any weight. You need to lift heavier weights. You need to do damage. You need to tear muscles. It's like that, I think, in anything. You need to keep challenging yourself. And I think defenses are always adjusting to try to figure out how to stop the great quarterbacks. And there are going to be periods where these quarterbacks have to adjust. The good ones are able to adjust to what teams are throwing at them and they continue to win. The, the ones who are not great, like, like take Baker Mayfield, right? Teams like figured him out. Okay, this is what he needs to do to win. We're going to take that away. He hasn't been able to adjust. And we've seen that with other players too. It, we saw it with Alex Smith. Had to win a certain way. If things didn't go the Chiefs way, if they fell behind, if they were in third and longs, they were screwed. So no, I don't think Patrick has the yips. I I think he's just going through a change. And, and I think that that is also happening to Andy Reid in the offense. They've got to adjust to what teams are doing. The, it, there was a marked change in the way teams played them last year. Like teams got to the point where they were like, we have just these guys, we can't stop them. Screw it. That Like they were doing shades of that in previous years. But last year, everybody went all in. They were rushing three, like they were getting more big dropbacks than any other team. And, it, and, and, and the Chiefs had a certain offense and they had certain plays they wanted to run. And when there's a million guys running around back there, it's difficult to move the ball into that. I don't care how good your quarterback is. So the Chiefs do have to have a little bit of a philosophical change, I think. They have to adjust. And the way that Belichick's adjusted the offenses for the Patriots over the years, Brady didn't throw 50 touchdowns every single year. It wasn't because he wasn't good. It was because the Patriots, were good at adjusting to what teams have thrown at them. Patrick is still very young in his career. And I think that, you know, after a couple of years, he's going to have seen it all. There's not going to be things that he hasn't seen that has been thrown at him. So I think he's fine. But I will say in that Bengals game, I've wondered if he had a concussion because just, you know, I got, I hope he didn't. I hope it was just, he had a bad game and that can happen as well. But it just didn't feel like him. It was very strange. He was just, he seemed slow in the decision-making process. Maybe it was the yips. Maybe he was in his dome. I hope it wasn't a concussion because we don't want that happening to anybody. Yeah. But I've wondered because it was very out of character. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It it, it was asinine, man. Um, I do think the, yip, the yips happened. I do think we saw some early on in last season, but I think he's fine. He is best when he plays loose. That happens when he's playing from behind. It's why the Chiefs are never out of a game whenever they fall yeah. behind. I do think potentially the revamped offensive line was supposed to take some pressure off to ice games away. Andy Reid didn't run as much. Maybe this is Brett Veach uh, and and maybe Andy, because Andy obviously has control over the roster. But Brett Veach saying, Andy, we need to ice games away. Come on. You yeah. have this offensive line. Now use it. This could be an aspect here. But I think Mahomes is going to be fine. He, he's... He's too good, too talented. I'm with you. There's a learning. 
players have this. Tom Brady has, has he's a, he's won a game, a score, a Super Bowl, winning thirteen points. Right, right. Like it happens. You, he's yeah. won so many games with more interceptions than touchdowns. Playoff yeah. games, it happens. I'm not worried. Mahomes is going to be fine as long as the Chiefs still have him. Don't he's worry. A, he, he, he's a human being. Like the dude is so was so godlike his first couple of years that like we're all we all have a bit of a warped sense of. Like if he has a bad game, like everybody kind of freaks out a little bit. And you know, all the TV people are like, Oh, Patrick Mahomes. He's not been good this year. It's like, dude, the dude just went to four straight AFC championship games in his worst season as a pro. He had a lead at halftime of the AFC championship game and he had a bad half, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's, 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 it's insane. The, it, I can't believe we're living in an era where that's what we're worried about. Like, Oh man, our quarterback kind of melted down a little bit in the, and the fourth straight AFC championship game, and we didn't get to go to three straight Super Bowls. Like, but also that's a testament to how how brilliant he is and how brilliant Andy Reid is that we're in this position at all. And that every year yeah. they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, and no Tyree Kill probably means less cover too. So Mahomes can go back to taking advantage of whichever matchup he sees. If he sees a guy, he's gonna hit that guy. There's gonna be a lot more spreading the ball around. Travis Kelsey should feast, but I do think there's going to be a lot more of Juju, MVS, McColl, whoever else they get drafted or otherwise. The ball is going to be spread out, hopefully more CEH out of the backfield. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you this. What is the Chiefs plan on defense? Like, they're to me, they're trying to get younger. They're trying to become more athletic, but there's still so many holes that I'm sitting here going, I'm not panicking yet because there's time. There's a draft. Yeah. But when I look at free agent guys, especially at edge, I'm sitting here going, what, what's the play in there? I, I think a few things happened. I, look, I think they had a plan, but they wanted to get Tyree Kill done. And then they had all the other options, right? The Orlando Brown extension that they can do, the Mahomes thing that they can do to free up cap space. So I don't think that I think that their plan going into the offseason was to draft edge in the draft, to utilize the draft to get younger and fill some of their defensive holes. The Tyree Kill trade changed everything. And part of what caused the Tyree Kill trade was the Devontae Adams thing with the Raiders and the market got all crazy. So I don't think the Chiefs were prepared necessarily to 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 go down this road. And so a lot of those guys are gone. I think if, if this had all happened right at the beginning of free agency, the Chiefs may have made a play for one of those top tier pass rushers. Since it didn't, I think what Brett Veach is doing is he's letting he's letting this situation come to him in that he's 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 sitting there on the throne right now. He's got all the draft picks and he has all the cap space. So the things with like Bradbury, Stefan Gilmore, he's like, I like those guys. I would like to bring them in, but I'm not going to overpay for them. I'm not going to give up too much draft capital for them because frankly, I don't have to. I'd like to get Bradbury, but if I can't get him for the price that I want, I'm going to draft somebody. I have all the draft picks. I know who I like in the draft and he has the mobility. I know people want to keep the picks, but he has the mobility to move around. It doesn't have to be a giant leap from 29 to five. It can be a leap from 29 to 22 because there's the guy he wants, right? Um, so he has, I think he, Veach is holding all the cards right now. And I, I think that allows him the flexibility to let the perfect situation come to him, whether that's getting some veteran corners, then getting his edge and wide receiver in the draft, or if he doesn't get what he wants, just utilizing all those picks like everybody wants and going and taking two guys in the first round, getting them on five-year deals and, and just filling his depth that way. And then seeing who gets let go later 
to fill in yeah. some of those depth pieces. Yeah, there's going to be guys that get let go that miss rosters, monetarily reasons or not. There's going to be other players that yeah. become available as the offseason progresses. I am worried, though, at edge. Cornerback, mm-hmm. I know everyone's Gilmore. They want Bradbury. Those would be lovely, but they've found ways to, to find draft picks, to find guys who aren't traditionally the makings of a superstar and turn them into very good players. Javarius Ward just got $14 million a season. Javarius Ward was a very, very good cornerback here for a long time in KC. Yeah. He wasn't a superstar, but he was a very solid cornerback. Yeah. The Chiefs have developed Rashad. They've developed Legereus Sneed. I trust them there more than I do at edge. I'm getting to the point where I am getting desperate for Jadavion Clowney. That, I've been like, telling you guys that they should sign Jadavion Clowney. Because he's not going to cost an, an obscene amount. We always have acted like he's going to get this large contract. It's never come. If he didn't have that one hit in college, he might not even have this. But he's always rated out pretty well on PFF. He does a lot of the little things. He is good in the run game. He gets pressures. If you have the money and the capital, I would prefer to spend money on Jadavion than our cornerback because I trust him to, to identify a corner in the draft more so than I do a, a, an edge guy. Yeah. Typically, corners can come in and play sometimes quicker than edge guys too. I mean, edge guys, as we've seen, it can take some development, uh, develop, developmental seasons, I should say. So that's where I'm at. But yeah, I, I am getting a little desperate here. And Jadavion's a name that I would much, much prefer to have here. He was very good in Cleveland last year. He's generating a lot of pressures. He had a fair amount of sacks. Uh, he's a guy I would definitely take a look at if I'm the Chiefs. I think at corner, we have to remember, too, some of these guys might already be on the roster. And and Traverius Ward, maybe not at edge, but like at corner, Traverius Ward's a good example, Fenton, like of guys who they weren't on your radar. And then they ended up being really important contributors to the team. Why have they had, you know, a guy like DiCaprio Boodle hanging around, right? Like I know it didn't go well for him last preseason, but there's a reason they, they're interested in these guys and they have a good track record of developing them. I'm not saying he's going to be our number one corner next year, but maybe all of a sudden he's a guy that has a good camp, looks good in the preseason, makes the team, starts contributing as a back-end corner, and there's your depth piece coming in. So if they're doing their job with player development and player identification, which they've done a pretty good job at, I think they've, I think they've got plenty of options for depth at corner. I also love the guy in the chat whose name is Angry Drunken German because I'm really starting <laughs> to think that's Matt Connor right now. Matt Connor is in Germany right now yep. drinking yep. a shit ton of beer while Patrick and myself are toiling away. Yeah, what time? What time is it in Germany? <laughs> I have no idea. We should where just did call he go? Him. Is he in mute? Like, where's he at? I think all over. I don't know. Ich liebe Bier. Dry beer, bitte. That's that's the order of three beers in, in Germany. And please, because I'm a, I'm a proper gentleman. I'm not going to be an ass. Right, right. No, I am very jealous because I love beer and I've always wanted to go to Germany. And Matt Connor was like, "Hey, Sterling, I'm going to be in Germany, so you know, I'm out." Richard says it's almost 1 a.m. in Germany. So that makes sense. By now, Matt Connor sloshed. He's like, ah, let me get in the chat. Troll Sterling and Patrick. That's what he's doing. Picture that guy in Lederhosen. That hair, that beard. He's rocking it. He's got the flowing mane, man. Look, if the Chiefs play in Germany, we got to go. Yeah, I think that's a high possibility. that The Bucks are on their schedule. The Chiefs have a partnership with a, was it a soccer team? Is it Munich? Uh, I'm not sure, but the, but it's their Germany is one of their distribute like their international distribution markets. 
So yeah. the their games play there. So the fans are there. Same with the Bucks. I think it makes and now that Brady's back. I mean, it's mm. there's there's almost like a zero. I'd be shocked if it's not Chiefs Bucks in Germany. So um, we're gonna have to figure it uh, out. And we're gonna have to talk to Steve at Casey Beer Co. Patrick. Yeah. Arrowhead addict goes to Germany. Huh? We could do it, baby. I think we should do it. I think we got to figure out a way to get out there. It's like it's an always sunny episode. The gang goes to Germany. It's it's just us, and it's just us getting just just tanked, having a good time. Yeah. Are we gonna? Do we have to do a podcast in Lederhosen? Well, I think yes, but I could see Verderam rocking a uh, what oh. was the, the, the beer girl outfit. You know? Yeah, yeah. The Saint Pauli girl. He's got the perfect body type for that. I feel like he'd yeah. look good. He'd look good with like the overalls and the high socks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, yeah, it's, he's a stout fella. I think he'd look great. Yeah. You know what? I'm all in now. I'm all in. You know we what? Go. What's great is Matt Connor wasn't even here and we still went off the rails. Yep. Yep. I mean, <laughs> there weren't as many bad puns though. Not yeah, as many bad that, puns as we used sad. to. Well, Patrick, this was a lot of fun. Everyone yeah. in the chat, we appreciate all you guys. Everyone in the discord. Thank you so much. If anyone's going to Jason Bolin and the Stragglers on Thursday, let me know. I'll be down there at Knuckleheads in KC. Drink KC Beer Company. Don't panic. The Chiefs will be fine, except for I'm panicking at edge. And remember, Patrick. Oh, dude. Well, you, you, I, you, didn't, you didn't talk you to me about this. You got the Chiefs. You didn't talk Come to on. me about this. We got to. We got to have. Did you, did you put it on the outline that I'm doing I did the outro? Not put it on. No. All I this needed is your was a show. Cheese. I'm appearing on needed. your show, right? I'm not going to expect re- you if you come. Remember, go and as Chiefs. always, go Chiefs. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.